This is Aurora. My name is Tim Difford. You're listening to the podcast from Soprasteria's Horizon Scanning Team. Along with my colleagues Richard Potter and Ben Gilbert, we look out three to five years into the future at the technological changes which are likely to have an impact on our clients and their customers. This time, in the first of two episodes on this topic, we focus our attention on the way in which the crowd and the cloud are beginning to disrupt markets that have been established for many, sometimes hundreds of years. Disintermediation. If you listened last time, you'll recall that Richard sounds a bit funny because he's joining in via the speaker on my iPhone. Yeah. And that means that these 
central bookies with these intermediaries that were maintaining these very sophisticated ledgers that were recording transactions in our lives like currency, those intermediaries become redundant because a machine can do it. And in the case of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, the mining, the, the generation of that cryptography earns the currency and creates the Bitcoins that actually fuel the, the cryptocurrency itself. So you've got this lovely kind of crowd-based automated system that is dependent on the, the you know the principles of the blockchain to make it work. So, so given, and, and so I, Richard, on that then, given given that um, one of the first sort of use case for the blockchain has 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 been around currencies, cryptocurrencies. What is the single most threatening thing for traditional banks or the traditional banking system about it? Well, the, the, the essence is, is the story of currency transaction, where when, when I give you a £5 note, which granted, granted doesn't happen that, that often, <laughs> but when I give you a, a fiver, you know that that flimsy piece of paper is not worth £5. You, you, you know that. And you, what you're accepting is, is that this token that I'm giving you, the value of that transaction is recorded in a ledger somewhere else. And those ledgers are, main, are maintained by the banks. And ultimately, the banks then pass on the cost of maintaining those ledgers into things like bank charges and interest rates that we, that we pay as, as, as consumers. Yeah. Now, so, when, if and when we transition over to cryptocurrency, we will no, need, no longer need somebody maintaining that, that central registry of transactions. And that's just from the basic currency transactions that you and I are handing over fibers between us. But as that plays out into the bigger transactions that sit inside our financial institutions, the things that are driving the big investment transactions that keep the global financial economy going, each of those transactions as well can also be ported over to the blockchain and, and various other shared ledgers. And therefore, not only are you getting value taken out of this as an intermediary process, you're also getting much more resilience, much more data transacted in this, and, and, and also greater efficiency in the recording of those transactions. That's why, that's why FinTech at the moment is alive with blockchain. It is everywhere. Um, and it is going to it is going to be probably one of the most significant technologies that will transform financial services over the coming coming years. Uh, uh, also, though, um, I don't know if we mentioned in the way the kind of difference of how it works. It's not just the fact that there's the kind of cryptography behind it. It's that every bit of cryptography needs to be verified by everyone who is using Bitcoin. So. Of the people who are currently using Bitcoin and online, the, the kind of verification is that more than 50% of users will have to verify that the transaction is valid. Um, so it's saying that the security, as opposed to just being one centralized place, which could, you know, you could hack one place, you could break into that one place, you can't so easily do it to such a kind of divided and decentralized um, kind of control of the currency. So, so it's using the crowd as well as the platform. Yeah. To to validate. Yeah. To to kind of validate, but also kind of 
sharing a bit of the responsibility of the security around it as well. well and doesn't that present some challenges around the reversibility of a transaction once it's been made? Um, Bitcoin transactions can't be reversed, but there are some confusions around if you, uh, because the ledger is updated periodically. Yeah. I can't remember exactly how frequently, but say it's updated every 10 minutes. There's a point where someone can try and spend their bitcoins repeatedly before the ledger is updated. Um, it doesn't allow it because it will say, I believe at the end of that time you've tried to spend your coins more than once. But there's, there's all sorts of confusing things people do, where it's uh, things like tumbling your coins, where people uh, spend so many bitcoins or make so many transactions in the ledger that it can't keep up. And this is how, because there is kind of a darker side to a shared ledger in Bitcoin, where it is being used on the dark net and for kind of slightly more untoward pieces of business. Part of it is that people are able to launder money through Bitcoin because of a, a, a kind of fundamental part of the shared ledger of changing it to, I think it's just the, the way it updates the ledger, it can only do it so frequently. And if you make too many changes within that time, it loses what's happened. So there is a way to kind of launder your money, trick where it's gone, and in the same way you can trick any transaction using a, a shared ledger. It's more, it's more difficult to do it than some of the incredibly corrupt systems where people are just faking transactions using a bit of paper. Mm. But it, it is still possible. But, it's, but it sounds like, for good or bad... The most prominent use cases right now around the blockchain are in finance, or in banking, financial services broadly. Yeah, it's the most kind of mature what, area. What, if that's the most, what, what are we seeing coming up behind it in terms of potential use yeah. cases for the blockchain? So the use cases are really anything where you need something to see. You've been listening to Aurora, the podcast created by Soprasteria's Horizon Scanning Team. You can follow us on Twitter. Richard Potter tweets at richpotter underscore. Ben Gilbert tweets at ben underscore innovates. And I tweet at Tim Difford. We hashtag our discussions on the blockchain and other forms of market disruption at hashtag disintermediation. And if you're interested in exploring any of the other trends we regularly delve into, and you get your news fix from the Flipboard app on iOS, Android and Windows devices, search for our Aurora magazine, where we collate stories which pique our interest from around the world. I've been Tim Difford. We hope you've enjoyed Aurora, and we hope you'll join us again soon.